Thank you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. We are excited that you came across this message. The sermon you are about to listen to is from our series, Who is God? If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say, welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit hopechurchlv.com and click connect with us to fill out a short digital connection card. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread hope to the world. Once again, thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the sermon. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, can we just like give God some praise already before we continue tonight? God is up to something tonight. I believe that. I feel like we've seen that already. So I don't know where you came in today or if you're logging on online and you're wondering what's going on in your living room. I believe God is on the move is what's going on. So we just want to continue and press into that. And as we start, I want you to think about a time. I want you to think about a time when something happened in your life that had a profound physical effect on you. Like you experienced something or you saw something or, or, or you met somebody. Something happened and it like, whether it took your breath away or like something happened to you. I'll, I'll kind of get it started by sharing a couple from my own life. I've shared from this stage numerous times, I'm unashamed about this, that I am a diehard fan of this year's future Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys, okay? Praise God. Believing for that. And I'll never forget the time I went to my first Dallas Cowboys football game. I was 12 years old. My dad lived in Dallas at the time. And I went there for the Thanksgiving game. It wasn't just any game. It was a Thanksgiving game. Like the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. If you just thought that was like a coincidence, it's not. It's a thing every year. And I was going to go to the Thanksgiving game of the Dallas Cowboys. And I was 12 years old. And we had like a Thanksgiving breakfast because if you're going to go to the game, that's pretty much what you have to do. And me and my dad got in the car. and, And I don't know if you've ever, if you're a sports fan, but like the first time you walk through the corridor and see the field, it can have a profound effect on you. And so I remember walking in, this was at the old Texas stadium, not the new Jerry's World they got going on now, but like the old school Texas stadium. And I remember walking through that corridor and you just see the field and you're like, God, I've made it to the promised land, right? I was 12 years old. I mean, it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. That's where Troy Aikman plays football. Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, Michael Irvin. I'm about to have some church in here tonight, people. This is where they play. And it was, a, it, it literally, I mean, you've maybe seen that the first time you walked on T-Mobile and you saw the ice, like, wow. Give you another one. My wife and I got married really young. I was 22, just turned 22. She was 21. Loved each other, dated for a few years, got married. We were kids. Three months after we got married, she comes to me one day and she says, I'm pregnant. <laughs> ah! Right? Like, what? I don't need a biology lesson. I get it, okay? But it just, it was, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. That had a profound physical effect. I don't know about you, if you, if it, you met a famous person, something happened. We have these moments in life where something happens in front of our face. Something happens. Somebody says something, and we have a profound physical response to that thing. You say, why are you bringing this up today? We are in a place in Scripture where we have been studying together as a church family for seven weeks in a sermon series called Who is God? 
And we've been looking, you can turn there because we're going to jump back in. At Exodus chapter 34, we've been asking the question that people have been asking for ages since the beginning of time. They've been asking the question, who is God? And I hope you are excited and you've been tracking along with us that, that God is so good that he answers that question for us. And that's what he does in Exodus chapter 34. God tells us just a glimpse. It's not all of who he is. It's a glimpse of who he is. Catch you up. Encourage you if you have not been here, if this is your first time, we're glad you're here. you got to go online and listen to the last seven weeks. We've just unpacked some really great, big God truths. But if you're new or you need a recap... A guy named Moses, you may have heard of, kind of a famous Bible character. Moses is, is leading God's people. It's a crazy story. It's, it belongs on Jerry Springer. Like there's a lot going on. There's like dozens worth of reality show of drama that happens with God's people. They, don't, they weren't perfect then and they're not perfect now. Amen. And, and, and he's leading these people to the promised land, not Texas Stadium, the actual God promised land. And he has a time where he goes on a mountain to meet with God. In Exodus 33, he says to God, he says, God, show me your glory, a.k.a. show me God. I'm in the midst of this drama and this craziness and these people are crazy. Show me who you are. And as crazy as it is, and we just kind of wink at it, but it's wild, God answers him. And that's what we're going to pick up like we have seven weeks in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through 8. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed him. That's Moses. The Lord, God, passed before Moses and proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. We have unpacked line by line these two verses if you haven't been here. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love for thousands Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, before we read the next verse, I want you to think about something. I want you to try to put yourself in Moses' sandals for a minute, okay? If that happened to you on a mountain, God, show me who you are. And he answers you and shows you a glimpse of his glory. How would you respond? Here's how some of us think we would respond. Just like we do with every other thing that has a profound effect on us. I got to get my phone out, right? Man, I got to capture this moment. I'm going to take a, a selfie with God. I don't know if it's a selfie at that point, but I'm going to get my phone out. Now I'm going to capture this moment for my camera roll. Or, man, I got, I got a lot of followers on Instagram. You know, I got I to share this with my followers. I'm going to do a little Instagram live. I just had this moment with God on the mountain. Let me, let me show you what he said. Maybe you're like, I'm texting a friend because I have to document this. I, I have to tell my friend what happened. Some of us might think I would just have this moment and wow. But here's what I want to submit to you today as we jump in. None of us would do any of those things. What we would do is exactly what Moses and every other human being to ever live would do in the presence of God. Exodus 34, verse 8. It had a profound physical effect on him. 
And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. God just gave a glimpse of his glory. And Moses quickly bowed his head. I don't know how you read that off the jump. If you kind of read that and it's kind of more more of these like, wow. So I want to give you a couple other translations that I think kind of do a better job of painting this picture. Here's, here's what the new, uh, international, uh, new International Version says. Moses bowed to the ground. There we go. We're getting a little more real of what happened here. He bowed to the ground at once and worshiped. Honestly, more true to the Hebrew scriptures, the New Living Translation says this, Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. Here's what I would submit to you today, church. This is the automatic reaction when we encounter a glimpse of the glory of God. Like that is what all of us would do. You're like, I don't even really worship God. I don't care who you are. If God said on that mountain to you what he said to Moses, every single one of us would fall on our knees, face down, and we would worship God. Some of you right now are like, dude, get up off the floor, man. That's a little charismatic. That's a, that's a little too much, Scott. Because we read sometimes the Bible with this sanitized view. Listen, God showed up and Moses had nothing other to do than to fall on his face and worship God. It reminded me this week as I was studying. I don't know if you've ever seen or read the, the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. But they put, several years ago, they put them in, 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 in movie form. And the first one isn't the actual first book, but the first movie they released is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And everybody who's read Narnia, maybe you grew up reading Narnia, like everyone was really excited. How are they going to characterize Aslan, which is like the character of God in the Chronicles of Narnia? And I remember I had just started following Jesus, so all of this was new to me. But I watched this movie, and there's this moment where they walk into the camp, and all the creatures, and there's like all these like mystical creatures and stuff, because it's C.S. Lewis and it's Narnia. And there's humans and there's non-humans that kind of look like half human, half animal. There's like all these fantasy characters around. And there's this moment where there's this tent on a hill. And there's a scene in the movie, you can go on YouTube and look at it, where Aslan steps out of the tent. And at once, every person bows down. It's this beautiful picture of all creation bowing to a good and holy and sovereign God. You say, why is that so important as we jump in and finish this series? Tonight, we're finishing this Who is God series. Because I believe we live in a world, even in the church, where we have tried to make God a little more palatable for people that don't know him. And we've kind of painted this picture of this kind of soft, easygoing, friendshipy God. And that response feels weird to that. Like, man, that's your friend. Like, why are you bowing? Like, and I'm here tonight as we jump into this passage to say we don't need to try to make God relatable to the skeptic. God is not in the business of trying to look cool. He's God. Here, 
The Bible says that we are made in the image of God. That's an amazing truth. We don't have time to unpack that. But like human beings, male and female, made in the image of God. But here's what's kind of happened in our culture. We mentioned this early on in the series. We, the Bible says, were made in the image of God, but we now are trying to make God in our image to try to make him a little more palatable for people. And here's the deal. I'll give you an example. And I, I, I'm guilty, by the way. I, I had this T-shirt <laughs> several years ago. Celebrities got on this. It was like a whole fad thing in fashion. You might have heard, heard of it. Maybe you had the shirt like I did. I, I'm putting myself out there. I had the shirt. I was a skater, new to Jesus. I'm like, I want that shirt. Here's what the shirt said. Jesus is my homeboy. Don't, no raise of hands. You had that shirt? I had that shirt. Like, oh, I like that. Jesus is my homeboy. We're friends. And listen, there's some biblical truth to that. God, EJ just prayed it. Like, like God is so big and yet he brings himself near in an intimate friendship. There is amazing truth to that. But that's not all he is, is the homeboy. Because the homeboy is also the holy God of the universe. And that is who Moses is worshiping in this moment. And so here's the deal. We don't need to try to make God cool or palatable or relatable. Because then you read passages like this and they don't make sense. And I hope in this series, we talked about it as a teaching team. I hope in this series you've seen in a powerful way a big God. A big God. I hope we're not looking today for a cool God because that falls like woefully short and a characteristic we should not look in for a God worthy of our worship. We can't put God in a little box that looks pretty and give it to people because God is outside of the box and way bigger than the box. And we need to just stand in awe today and fall on our face like Moses did and worship this God. He's holy, he's perfect, he's righteous. I want to speak to that for just a minute and then we're going to jump into the verse, I promise. But some of you today, whether you're online, you're in the room. I want you to hear the bigness but also the nearness of God. The creator of the entire cosmos who right now in this moment is holding solar systems together all over the universe. Is also holding every single molecule that's firing in your body right now that makes you you. That's the same God sovereign right now. The same God who spoke all the wonders of the world into creation also is the same God who speaks to you over a cup of coffee and the word of God in your living room each morning. This infinite, perfect, holy, everlasting God is the God who's near to you when like everything in your life is falling apart. The struggle is real. You're trying to love your kids and love your wife and you're trying to not get mad at your boss and you're trying to fight the sin in your life. That same awesome everlasting holy God is in that moment with you. This is God. For seven weeks, we've been staring intently at that God. Trying to show you just from a couple verses. It's a glimpse, by the way. It's not like all of God in a box. It's a glimpse of his glory. Moses couldn't even look at him because it was just a glimpse. And Moses falls straight on his face. Here's the point. Moses didn't bow and worship because Moses was so holy. Moses bowed and worship because he was human. Like that is... You look at Moses like, oh, Moses. This. Listen, Moses fell on his face in worship to God, not because he was so holy. Moses did that because Moses was human. 
And that should be our response. And church, before we jump into this verse, I would submit to you the Bible leaves us no option to remain neutral in response to God. It demands that same response. So that's what I want to explore today. We're going to dive into this verse in our few minutes remaining. Exodus chapter 34, verse 8. Again, here's what it says. And Moses quickly bowed. It's coming. Maybe it's coming. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worship. How I want to unpack this is really highlight the three, main, the three main words in that passage. Three main words and how Moses responded to who God is. And that should inspire us to respond to who God is. So here's the first word, quickly. Second word there, Moses quickly bowed. How did Moses respond to God? Moses responded with urgency. God just said who he was, laid it all out. The Lord, the Lord, this amazing passage of scripture that we've studied for seven weeks. And Moses didn't say, wow, God, that's a lot. I'm going to need just a minute to process that. Like, you ever been in that conversation? Surprising to you probably, probably not. I'm a talker. So sometimes I'll just like unload on my wife and I'm just like telling her all about my day. And then I want a response and she's like, yo, man, that's like a lot. <laughs> like you just kind of laid a lot on me. That's not what Moses does. And it was a lot. Because Moses quickly responded to who got it. It demanded an urgent response. I want you to see this in our context. Moses didn't need Write the right song to get him there. Moses didn't need a certain preacher or the perfect environment. He experienced God, and the Bible says he quickly fell on his face in worship. This verse and this message does us no good if we just keep it up here in Bible land and talk about Moses. Let's talk about us for a minute. How many of us come into this gathering each week? And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes this is me. What I'm about to explain is me. I come into this not necessarily urgent to respond to God, but I'm uninterested to come to church. All right. Let's see if you can get me there today, Scott. Let's see who's leading worship. Let's see if they pick my favorite songs, man. Last week I wasn't really feeling those songs. The guy that led the prayer time, this is no shade on whoever led the prayer time. I wasn't even here. The guy who led the prayer time, that ah, just didn't do it for me today, man. I didn't like that song. I didn't like that transition. Everyone's kind of peeking over here to these seats. Who's coming out of the back there? Who's preaching this weekend, right? Hey, I got you. I get it. We all do it. And if I'm honest, sometimes I don't come with this reverential urgency to respond to God. I come with a reluctant uninterest to come to church. Wow. And I'm trying to say today, that is not a proper response to who God is. Amen. Sometimes we treat this thing like a buffet. You ever been to a buffet? Walk past this and go, nah, I don't like that. Ooh, I like that. I don't like that. Some of you, maybe sometimes we go, hey, are we uh, Sunday, 7.30 in the morning? Hey, uh, babe, we, we going to church today? 
I, I, I don't ever ask that question. I got to be here. I work here, right? I, you, you might. Uh, hey, we're going to church today. The Cowboys are playing at 10, so it's okay if we skip. Listen, am I saying church is the only place to meet with God? No, absolutely not. That's the beauty of the gospel. Because Jesus came near, now we have a relationship with God. And we can spend time with God all the time, anytime, wherever we are. But the hope and the prayer is that Hope Church would be a church where all week long we're spending time responding to the greatness of God. But then we come in here each week and we are just on display responding to God together. And that doesn't look like this. See what we got today, guys. Quickly. Sometimes my kids, my kids are getting older and they're too cool for school now. And sometimes I'm playing these games with them that they used to love. But now I'm over here looking like a clown trying to like get them into it. Listen, we don't want to have to get anybody into anything. Because even if we did, even if I succeeded tonight or Teddy succeeded and we got you there, it would just be based on emotion anyways. And emotion doesn't change anybody. So we can pray all big and preach all loud. and You can get somewhere emotionally, but that's never going to change your life. But God can change your heart as you're properly responding. And that is how you are changed. Quickly. People and environments can stir our emotions, but only God can truly change us. And that's the prayer. We're not looking at a preacher. We're not looking at worship or church. We're looking at God like Moses did, and we are falling on our face because he's worthy of our praise. we got to hustle. Each of these, I want to give us a question to evaluate. Maybe you write this down. Maybe you just take the, the app home. All the notes are on the app. Here's, here's our question to respond. Am I quick to respond to who God is. Only you can answer that question in your own heart. Like I come ready to worship God. And unless you think that's because Moses was like a monk on a mountain with God, of course he was quick. Listen, read the book of Exodus. Moses had all kinds of wild junk in his life he was going back down to. He had problems and fears and doubts and sin and all the other things that we all walk in here every single week. And yet he responded to God by quickly bowing down. Here's the second key word because we got to move on. Moses quickly bowed. Moses responded with humility. Again, lest we think this is kind of a, a respectful nod like we do when we sing the national anthem. Oh, wow, this is okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. No. This, this is a word that, that really is better translated kneel or really to fall on the ground. This is a moment of humility saying, God, I literally surrender myself to you. I got to be honest with you. There's a lot of people in this room. There's going to be a bunch more Sunday. Like I have been conditioned in my Western American man mind. That like this is weakness right here. Like come on man, like don't stay down there too long. That doesn't look powerful. Listen, none of that mattered to Moses when he experienced who God was. It doesn't matter how I feel or it makes me look. The real question is how could I see God for who he is and not bow? This is this idea of humility. What really is creeping into my mind is some sort of Western American man pride. 
Like, come on, I don't bow to nobody. Stand up, Scott. I have that in me, and you have that in you. If you're not careful, you bring that into your relationship with God, and we kind of just give him a nod. What is humility? That's a, a word we use a lot in church. Humility does not mean that you hate yourself. A lot of times we think, I'm just going to be humble and be over here just hating myself. Humility does not mean you have no confidence. Again, I'm just, don't, don't ask me to do anything. I'm, I'm humble. Humility before God looks like you recognizing who God is and who you are in light of that. And just like this word means you place yourself under God and say, God, you're God and I'm not and I bow to you. Here's the question to respond very simply. These aren't rock, this isn't rocket science on purpose. This wants, I want this to be applicable because of who God is. Do you live a life of humility? In every circumstance, in every situation, you are placing yourself under who God is. Humility means I, I recognize who God is. Humility means I, I don't flex on the things that I know God's done in my life, but I try to take credit for it. Anybody else done that? I have. Humility understands, listen, especially as Jesus followers, everything good in my life is the grace of God. Like, how dare I, and I do, and you do, like we got stuff good going on in our lives, and we're over here like trying to puff out our chest, like, do you see what I did there? And God's going, what? You have zero hope apart from me. Everything good in your life, Scott Worthington, is my gift of grace. How dare I try to take credit? No, God, I, I bow myself and place myself under a good and holy and righteous God. Here's the point. Humility is a right view of God that leads to a right view of self. See how this is all, this isn't just about Cool, some cool ideas of God. We are constantly staring at the blazing center of God's glory and responding to that as his people. A right response, a right view of God that leads to a right view of me. I've, I've said this before, but it, it's God, you saying, God, that's who you are and here's where I am. I'm placing myself under that. I've said it like this before here at Hope. But having arrogance as a Jesus follower in the things of God is, is like me standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, beautiful, amazing, majestic. It's like standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon and seeing all this beauty and all this glory. And you nudging your friends and saying, yeah, yeah, that's cute. But like, do you know how much I can bench press? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's like, I know it's like this big hole in the ground, right? But like, do you know how much I deadlifted last week? And it's like, What? Going out, you can't go to see stars in Las Vegas. I grew up here. You got to go way far away to see the stars. But like staring at the cosmos, thousands of stars, you see like the Milky Way. And you're like, my goodness, God is so, so big. But like, do you know how much my 401k is worth this month? And that's a funny example, but like that's what we do when we don't place everything we are underneath a holy and righteous and perfect God. It's us seeing the grandeur of God and going, yeah, 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 but let me talk about me for a minute. Moses wouldn't want to talk about him for a minute. He was on his face, quickly bowing 
to who God was. I love this quote from Jonathan Edwards. Some say the greatest preacher to ever hit North America. Great awakening, amazing. He said, nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. God, this is who you are, and this is where I am. Last word, and we're finished. Moses quickly bowed his head and worshiped. Moses responded with surrender. So we see that word worship. And unfortunately, a lot of times we automatically think music. Right? Like, I lead worship. I love worship music. But, like, we think the worship happened like 20 minutes ago, Scott, and now this is the sermon. And that worship is really just surrender. Moses didn't in that moment take out a little pocket guitar and sing a little worship song to Jesus. He quickly bowed on the floor, on his face, hands open, and surrendered. He worshiped. Worship is not just about music. Worship is literally us laying down my will, my way, my rights, my agenda, my schedule, my family. God, because, again, it's all in response to what God just said. Because of who you are, I'm out here just like waving this little white flag of surrender. And I'm saying, God, I lay it all down. Because you are incredible and you are majestic. And I just saw a glimpse. Question to evaluate. Have I fully surrendered everything in my life to God? Listen, I know that's not like a... A wow question, but it's a a really deep question if you ask it for real. A practice that I do sometimes, I did it this morning, I, I do sometimes and I wish I did it more, but I literally, physically, in the chair that I spend time with God in each day, there's nothing mystical about it, but I I, I physically, because I'm a I'm an experiential guy, I open my hands. And I literally go through anything my mind can think of that's mine. And I say, God, it's not mine. God, I give you my wife, my marriage, my kids. I mean, that's a hard one, right? Come on, dads. Like giving God your kids and saying, whatever you want, Lord. I give you my, my role at hope. I give you all the money that you've given us. I give, I give you everything in my, like if my mind can think it, I say it out loud to God. And it's a great practice that will really humble you and make you go, wow. If I'm real about that, God, I trust you. I, I surrender to you. And then I say, God, there's a bunch of things I just named that if I'm not careful, I really like to close my hands on. So God, I am prone to take grip of the things that I don't own. So I surrender. Moses quickly fell on the floor and said, God, I surrender it all. I worship. What happens when we surrender? I thought of a few things I know in my life that happen when I surrender. The first thing is I I recognize God's power. Like I recognize you are God and I am not. I'm laying here and I'm saying, God, I recognize your power. Secondly, 
I submit to God's will. It's an act of trust. I'm literally saying, God, I, I submit to your will. And then lastly, I, I not only see him for who he is, I submit to his will, but then I say, God, I, I rest in your character. You're powerful. I submit to you. And here's the deal, God, I know I can trust you. Help my unbelief when I don't think that, but I know I can trust you. I rest in God's character. You say, what is God's character? And I'll end this series by saying God's character is that he is the Lord. The Lord. A God merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Keeping in steadfast love for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And church, listen. That's a glimpse. For seven weeks, we've been standing in awe of God and who he is, and Moses saw his back. I hope you've seen a big God in this series. And that seeing of that God would make us quickly bow and worship. And here's the thing, I, I prayed through this, and I, God laid this on my heart. I told our teaching team, and I say this in as much love as I can say, but here's the reality. The question today, whether you're here today in the room or you're online, the question today is not if you will bow to that God. The question is, when will you bow to that God? Because here's the reality. God is worthy of our worship. And not only is he worthy of our worship, and I know for some of you right now, you're not, you're not jiving with God, and this is going to hurt a little bit, and I say this in love, but even though you don't think he's worthy of our worship, he's going to get his worship from you. Say, so you got to put some Bible on that because I'm offended. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, speaking of Jesus. Therefore... God has highly exalted him, that's Christ, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Here's the part. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Listen, that doesn't say might. That doesn't say if you come to church. That doesn't say if, if you live a holy life. Every single knee will bow. And here's, it's just like exclamation points this. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, like what? And every tongue confess. You say, I don't like worship music. Your tongue's about to confess one day that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. To the glory of God the Father. Yes. Here's what I'm pleading with you today. Right now, God is so good that he's given you the choice out of your own human volition to experience grace and quickly bow and surrender. But church, I wouldn't be telling you the truth of 
this book and of God's glory if I didn't tell you that what right now we can experience by grace, we can bow in grace. One day, many, 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 many people will bow in judgment because they said, no, I don't believe it. I don't want it. It's not real. Every knee will bow. But our God is so good that right now he's given you a choice to of your own human volition to quickly bow and surrender. I've been praying all week. I know there's people here. You're not about that life. You got invited by somebody that loves Jesus and you finally said yes. Maybe tonight this amazing, immense, incredible, holy, perfect God that is real and active in the world and active in your life right now, whether you may recognize it or not, maybe he brought you to a place today to hear there's grace for you. Even as a sinful human being born into this world full of sin, God and his grace didn't leave you there. He could have, but he didn't. God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross and pay the penalty for our sin that he didn't commit, but we did. Raised him from the dead three days later to prove that the penalty was sufficient, the payment was sufficient. And now we have an opportunity to hear that message, to see who God is, and to quickly bow our life down, hands open, and say, I surrender. And one day will come when every knee will bow and some will bow in judgment. And today, God is beckoning you, calling you, inviting you. Just like EJ prayed earlier, this big God is inviting you to know him, to experience him to love him and to walk in a relationship with him. So maybe you're here today. You say, man, I, I want some more information about that. Whatever is happening in my life, I know it's the Holy Spirit of God drawing you to himself. I need to talk to somebody because there's something going on in me. We would love to show you from the Bible. Every week we, we share the message of Jesus and the fact that he wants a relationship with you. We would love to show you from the Bible how you can follow Jesus, a friendship with this amazing God. In just a minute, pastors, you can go and come up. Every week we have pastors down here. We're about to respond in worship to this God. For some of you, your response is, I got to come talk to somebody because I didn't know that that God wants a relationship with me. And we'd love to show you from the Bible how that is possible through Jesus Christ. For others of us, listen, you may be following Jesus. And if you're honest, you're kind of one of these. Mm. I'm not into it. The point of this service was not to get you into it. The point of this service was to show you the only proper response to who God is, is to quickly bow and surrender and worship. So maybe in just a moment when we stand and sing, right there at your seat, who cares what people think? You're just going to like legit bow and say, God, I worship you. Maybe for you, you want to do that little practice in your seat where you open your hands and you have a conversation with God and just think through the things that you think you own right now and surrender them to God. Maybe for you, you got something going in your on your life and you want to pray with somebody. We love to pray with you. Maybe you just want to come throw yourself on this altar and bow and surrender 
to Jesus. We're not thinking about what other people are thinking. We're thinking about how good God is and that demands a response today, church. So I love this part of the service every week because we want to faithfully preach the scriptures and then we just trust God to do whatever he wants to do. I believe God's doing something in every single heart in this room, everyone watching online. And so we preach the scriptures. God, I think I did. I faithfully preached the scriptures and now God, do what you do. I can't change anybody. I can't, I can't emotionally, draw. I don't want to emotionally draw anybody. I want to show you the truth of God's word and say, God, do it. Go get them. Like legit, get them. So God, right now as we sing about your awesome power, there is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. We stand in awe of you today, Jesus. I pray all over this room, people would see who you are and not be reluctant, not be slow, not be hesitant, but just like Moses did when he saw who you are, quickly bow in worship. So Lord, would you be lifted up? God, would your glory be praised in this place? Thank you for this series. This is the end of it, and I'm, I'm honestly sad about it, God. I'd love to sit under the teaching of your word and just hear how good you are and big you are and holy you are. So Lord, do what you want to do. In Jesus' name we pray.